Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Latest Shiny Podcast. This is your co-host, Stephen Spector. And with me, of course, is Rob Hirschfeld. Uh, good afternoon, Rob. Hello, Stephen. Good afternoon. So this is going to be, uh, for our listeners, this is a, uh, a Rob and I podcast. We don't really have a name for these where they're not the interstitial. I love those for our kind of midweek podcast. But this is a regular podcast with uh, just us. And um, I don't know, if Rob, if you have an idea for what these should be called. Uh, awesome. Fantastic. Awesome. Amazing. Uh, the du- uh, the, the duo. I mean, these, the, the, this, is, this is our reflection, maybe. The reflection podcast. Reflection. So that is good. Well, I know this week you were at uh, Edge Congress down in Austin, and uh, I missed it this year. I wanted to go, but uh, one of those times where- barbecue, you did miss out. I, I know, but I was told this time that I couldn't go because I've been to too many events this year. So obviously there's budgets I don't know about. And uh, so I didn't get to go, but you gave a talk and today, uh, well, today is Thursday. This will go out Saturday, but on the 7th, uh, you pushed out a video kind of highlighting your talk. And uh, I watched it this morning, and it was really, really strong, really good stuff. And and I wanted to – let's. I, I thought, let's talk about this some more because I know Inside Edge Gravity is <laughs> ah, okay. spread. So it's the – the, the, it's called the Edge Visionary Outlook, eight unpopular opinions. But then I love how you have this giant red line that says it's the Edge Cautionary Tale. And eight popular opinion, opinions. So, uh, you know, before we start, can you just kind of tell us what what the basic idea of the talk was? Um, uh, maybe a little sure. bit how it was received, and then we can go through what those eight opinions are. I'm I'm happy to do that, and um, we should we should reflect a little bit on Edge Congress too. Although, um, yeah, well, I wasn't there, so yeah, Last year I mean, it wasn't edgy. It wasn't too different than last year's oh, show, um, uh, and a little bit smaller. It actually was a really good show, and and we had I had great conversations, and I enjoyed it. But this show is is very um, edge hardware focused. So for people who are tracking the edge space, the show the show was really about facilities and enclosures and the the what I would call the real estate side. Um, and it was sponsored by uh, some of the companies that that people like to talk about in our in, in on this show, like Vapor um, and um, Device Edge, I think, or uh, look up their name. But you know, they're they're building edge facilities and and edge colo, like little mini. They'd, they'd hate me for saying that edge colo. Um, you know, edge edge hotels, however you want to describe it. But but not um, and that, I, was, that was what the show that's what the show was. Okay, but it's not IoT hardware. This is different. I'll let's make that clear. Because these uh, are the, this, that's a different yeah. thing. This is not IoT. It's okay. not IoT gateways. It is the next tier back from that where you're talking about actually running the IT component of edge infrastructure. Okay. And and then in this case it wasn't the how do I operate that? They they didn't really talk about the um, operations from a software perspective. They they were more talking about like how you build the space and then put servers in the space. And I think Lenovo was there showing their like liquid cooled servers. And there were a lot of stuff about cooling data centers and data you know data center you know gigawatt yeah. power whatever. Because I remember last um, year I went and talked to the we talked. I remember we walked around and talked to the Dell folks. And uh, they had all their big giant hardware and 
uh, you know, when you see people love to touch hardware and it was one of those kind of shows. So it's, yeah. it's, it's not really software. Okay. So was the audience, although, that although, it, they, they, although they didn't, they didn't come the, the, you know, they weren't there this year. So it was, it was a smaller show, smaller so show. It was smaller, you know, nice little venue and, and very friendly and cordial. And I have a lot of positive things to say about the show, but it's not a software show. So. Okay. So it's just a different kind of thing. But so were the people in your talk, the people who would understand, cause you, your view of it is not necessarily that group of people. <laughs> uh, and that was sort of where things went. So I, I started the idea, right? I, I didn't, a lot of the people there are very rah, 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 edge, you know, edge is going to be great. We're all going to, you know, you know, I, I said in the talk, have flying, you know, uh, autonomous jetpacks type of type <laughs> of thing. Um, yeah, which cracks me up, right? Because you need super low millisecond latencies to uh, to get your autonomous jetpack to work. And and to the, to credit, right? There were some really interesting talks about like building corridors uh, corridors of low latency uh, wireless and five G. And I mean, there's there's there is actually there's a lot of interesting things to think about in this space because it has to connect together. And so the the idea for the uh, popular opinions talk was. Y'all are already the choir, right? You you have these deep seated beliefs in you know the importance of five G and the market for building edge data centers, right? We're talking to people who are you know raising hundreds of millions of dollars to build tiny data centers in you know on street corners. Um, they already they, you know it's, it's it's a field of dreams problem from that perspective, right? right? That this is, this is the, this is the audience. It's, it's the, it's the, you know, was it Kevin Bacon? No, it wasn't Kevin Bacon, Kevin uh, Costner. Yeah. The Field of Dreams movie. Yeah. Field of Dreams. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's the edge of dreams uh, talk. And that was, that was sort of like, I'm like, all right, but that's not me. I don't, I don't, I don't give the edge of dreams talk. I give the, uh, Hey, you're in the wrong field. <laughs> Bozo talk. And well, that's what this was. This well, my interpretation, my interpretation, yeah. you know, as I've seen it is, and and you you and Mark Teeley did this really well at God. It was another conference this year. That was that was the Open Infrastructure open Summit, infrastructure aka Summit. OpenStack, on the Edge Track. Yeah, okay. yeah, and and I like these kind of talks because instead of just hearing and shaking my head, oh yeah, 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 you're in there forcing me to think that maybe I'm wrong. Maybe my assumptions aren't correct, and and you know what what is going on, and and I think these are really powerful type talks, and right. uh, and hopefully no one th well I guess no one threw a shoe at you a shoe a shoe at you a shoe at <laughs> all you. The, all the shoes remained intact, um, and it, we even had some people. I used the uh, unpopular opinion puffin, and somebody was like, "I love that you used the puffin." Um, yeah, you had the we, little puffin stomping we, yeah. on the ground image. It's a great slide. It's, um, it's you know, it's the, and this is the fun, right? It's it's super powerful from that perspective, and we can go through them uh, quickly and let let people know. And then I think the this whole presentation comes with an invitation to uh, rant at us on the podcast. So of course, well, <laughs> why don't you go through just list what they were, and then and then um, maybe we'll talk about a couple. And then, you know, I, we encourage people to go watch. It's only 16 minutes and you're yeah. with your talking head in the upper left corner. So it works fine. And I noticed also that you've gone to black slides and this is a side comment, but for some reason I'm seeing more and more people using black background slides. Is there a movement underfoot I'm not aware of, or is this just random? 
I don't know. Um, you know, I, I've done, I've done the white, white and blue. Um, yeah, I just, I like the way they pop for this. Okay. Well, I apologize um, to our listeners, but if you two are seeing more people using black background slides, it's got to come from somewhere. So I'm seeing a lot of it now. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's the template that everybody's choosing out of the Google. Uh, they're, they're using Google slides and there's a, they, that, that black template's really nice. Um, it's just very sparse. I like, I like that. No, it, it looks good. Um, and even I'm using it now. So it's come from somewhere. All right. I know I took it. And that's, I mean, but, and our, 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 our slide style is very sparse. So I work yeah. super hard to make minimal graphics that work, you know, and that's, that's, it's hard, but that's, I love, I love the, you know, storytelling in a, in a couple of, in a couple of lines. So let's, let's these. list what those unpopular opinions were. If you can just go through them real quick and then <laughs> we'll go back and talk to. about, yeah. So, uh, AWS. Oh, and in, in the slides, I actually have all the whys. So people should, right. should check that out. Um, AWS and Microsoft will own the edge. Oh, it's so hard not to, not to give the, the details. Right. Um, 5G does not deliver edge demand. So that's sort of the pop 5G bubble. Um, edge happens outside the US. Uh, oh, I like that one too. These are all great. Um, edge, won't, edge won't be all open source. I'm waiting to hear people's heads explode. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. IoT needs to chase Jevons Paradox. Uh, and for people who don't know Jevons Paradox, Mark, came on our show and did a whole thing about this. It's super important. Um, Kubernetes is not the edge platform. And I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for Love somebody to walk up one. at KubeCon and just punch me on this one. Yeah. But, uh, let's see. Um, <laughs> there's way too much hybrid multi-cloud. Um, so people are just like thinking, oh, I'm going to hybrid multi-cloud my way to into mm -hmm. edge infrastructure. It's all the same. Uh, and then the edge commercial model is wrong. So, th so this is, so I, I want to start with the first one because uh, yeah. I, I think it's really interesting that, that Amazon and um, uh, Zure will own the edge. And, uh, you know, you gave your little thing while you don't have Google and, and that's fine. It, it's not important. But to me, does that mean that, you know, right now the developers, so many developers are building apps for the, for the cloud, right? And they're building them for Amazon Azure. I get that. So it, it seems to me that what you're saying really is, is that those, as they extend those apps and part of it moves to the edge and part stays in the cloud, there's not going to be a whole new development thing created for developers to build separately the edge. And that the simpler way is to just take the platforms they have now and move pieces of it out and just allow Amazon and Microsoft to move that for them and simplify how they build apps. Is that what you're saying? That's my interpretation. That's, that's, that's the idea with this. Um, that's that there's two parts to it, right? Okay. You, you were totally right. They, they, they are going to, the, the idea here is that they're going to own the developer experience and that, that owning of the developer experience will be the edge experience you know, that you need that to do the edge experience, right? That's the Steve Ballmer developers, developers, developers story. Um, so that's part of it. But the other thing is they're actually building stuff for this. They're, yeah. they're like, oh, we're, we're going to have Greengrass. We're going to have Outposts. We're going to have Azure Stack. We're going to have uh, Azure Edge. And you know, here's a device and just use our device. Um, and so it's, you know, in, unless people don't want the monoculture 
that's going to be the path of least resistance. Well, it is, especially if, to me, you know, if you, if it seems that edge apps aren't new, and in fact, they're just pieces of cloud apps that move out to process the data and that kind mm -hmm. of model, it seems that the easiest thing to do would be to take the piece that you need and put it on the Azure edge or whatever you called it and leave the rest sitting in Azure and just stay in that model. And I am sure that Amazon Azure will release developer tools that will do this for you. And I mean, that's all got to be coming. It seems to me that that's the easiest path to move as a developer. So, so there's a there's actually a Mark Teeley, um Twitter thread, and we should we need to get him on the show again and, yeah. and explore this. <clears throat> that is, um, and and there's there's counter opinions to all of these, which is why this is this this really needs to be each one needs to be a ten minute discussion, right? Um, because right now people are totally building edge. There is no field of dreams. There is people buying servers, putting VMware or Kubernetes on them and making, making edge infrastructure go in captive controlled environments. They're not waiting for anybody to do it. And that's the counter story for this is that people, people want, they want control. They're not waiting for, you know, Microsoft to own it. And frankly, right. those, those environments are really expensive. And um, we get back to the edge happens outside the U S unpopular opinion and cost is going to be a factor in how this stuff works. And so um, I don't, I don't, I actually don't believe that um, edge and cloud and there's a, I think that's down slide number uh, way too much hybrid multi-cloud. You have to look mm -hmm. at these as a, as a, as a universe of, of opinion, because there's, there's actually a, a whole sub sub narrative. Um, I should do a unpopular, unpopular opinion. Um, <laughs> thread on this because be right because every one of these has this this counter narrative this is why it's a cautionary tale i i do not want this to be the truth and actually some a lot of these I, i'm like i this it doesn't have to be this way this is not in my opinion the optimal outcome uh, it's not even a good outcome um in my opinion and, and right i mean rack ends actually working to try and not have this be the, the required outcome because right. fix fix the uh, automation and multi-site management and change the roi for running a data center um but ugh, unless something happens that's where we're headed this is what this is what's this is where it's going this is where it's going so uh, for the reasons yeah. that we just outlined yeah okay so oh, and, one, and and i don't yeah. and i don't i think the the other thing that that i that i believe in this pretty strongly and we talk about this with Kubernetes is not the edge platform. Yeah. Uh, when these systems are designed to obfuscate exactly the things that people need to be aware of when they build an edge infrastructure, right? Your latency, how much resources you have, right. how, how much network egress you've got. And, um, and if, you know, it's a big architectural shift to, to change to a model where that's, that's, an, that's the, an architectural priority when you've been building to obfuscate it. Um, that's why I don't think that, that that's why I hope that these things aren't aren't the simple answer. Well, I think it's good. The other one that I, I really I liked and I, I really identified with it is especially, at, you know, where I am now, edge gravity is so global that this idea that it's going to happen outside the U.S. And mm. um, it's interesting to me because I always when I talk to people at edge and stuff, I always give the example where right, I'm a company and I have an application, say I'm a gaming company. And I always say, well, let's say I have some gamers sitting in Buenos Aires and I have gamers sitting in Johannesburg and I have gamers sitting in 
uh, Australia, somewhere Sydney, so let's say, for example, they all need incredibly low latency so they can compete with each other in an online game. So whether you call that three separate edges or however you want to look at that, but to me, that's the power of edge. And, you know, a lot of America, maybe your comment is that American companies don't think that way. And um, to me, yeah. that's edge. Edge is being global everywhere when you need it. I, to me, it's, it's, you're really thinking about resource constrained environments. Right. Right. If latencies, people look at latency and they get very like edge, latency focused for edge, but uh, there's an equal component to it, which is I just don't have a lot of compute that I can put there. I don't have a lot of storage. I can't store right. all that data. Um, all these resource constraints are significant, right? The, you know, the U.S. it's way too easy and we have so much backbone. You can trombone, which is the technique that I, I love this term from an edge perspective, yeah. right? Where you're sending data to a cloud and you're bringing it back and you're sending it back to the cloud and you're bringing it back. And, and so, yeah, we, we've built a whole bunch of stuff that trombones back and forth. And I'm like, ah, that does not, I don't think that's really the model that we're going to have for edge. It's going to have to be localized. Yes. Um, infrastructure. But your, but your comment that you had made in the, in the tape is that, that, you know, there's so much infrastructure existing in the United States that we sort of have edges already. I, no, I don't want everyone sure. to jump up and go, that's not true. But but we have a lot, and there's plenty of places around the world. To me, the edge thing is the globalization of it is there's places without it. And you talk about how, you know, maybe here we're going to spend a ton of money because we have all these fancy servers. But there's going to be lots of places where there's uh, Raspberry Pis stacked on top of each other with a plug to, I don't know, a, a windmill, let's say. And that's going to run the edge. And um <laughs> Yeah. You need to think like I'm, that. I'm, I'm laughing because because we we've been watching Pies for a while, and and only in the latest version can you actually pixie boot one. Oh, you can um, do it now. I didn't know that. They, friendly they, came. We're, we're 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 testing it. It's one of those things where there's pixie booting and there's pixie booting. Yeah, and so it's it's a mess. And then they're ARM, and and so you know it's not like they're they're an Intel server, and you can Docker run whatever from yeah. Docker Cloud. It's it's ARM server, so it has to be an ARM container. So there's all all sorts of caveats um, for that, but but it is very clear to me that 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 type of of oh I can buy you know three hundred dollars worth of servers and put them on a $50 switch and create a cluster. Um, yeah, that's, that's material. And then this people. extends us back to the first idea of the Microsoft's and the Amazon is, you know, Amazon and Microsoft, you know, they have a lot of money, but they can't afford to put data centers everywhere around the world. It won't be possible. And that you just, there'll be places they go, but there's tons of places they won't. The majority of the earth, they won't be able to reach with those kind of latencies. And there'll have to be something else there. And that makes it difficult for them to extend. Yeah. Well, and, and there's all these really interesting applications where if we had, um, you know, real infrastructure distributed, then it would make a big difference. It, one of the things that came up in the, in the conference I, I thought was fascinating was, right, the Waymo team apparently has finally come to, you know, sort of this public statement of saying, and I, I don't have the reference. I'm repeating yeah. what I heard at the, at the conference. But the Waymo team is saying, look, we can't put a supercomputer 
you know, in every car to do autonomous navigation. That's it that model of scale. We're gonna we're gonna rely on environmental sensors and intercar communication and you know, what what I would call stationary infrastructure, which we would call edge infrastructure, right. to to do a lot of the flight traffic control and navigation and things like that instead of putting in the cars. The, the conventional wisdom right now is that only long haul trucking is gonna is gonna be able to afford to put that much computing power and have that much need to have a uh, um, autonomous autonomy for now. Maybe but, trains, but they may not. Because I, I just saw a special. I know randomly connecting other things. Uh, there's a brand new. I don't know if it was Nova Frontline this week on PBS talking about artificial intelligence, and they looked at the uh, long haul trucking. And they said uh, in the U.S. on uh, Route 10, which, you know, runs along the south from Florida all the way out west, they already have long-haul trucks that self-navigate 10. And then when they get off the highway, then people get in those trucks and and drive them into the cities. But the long-haul aspect is already up and running now. Wow. And and it's a much smaller and and you could you could put high high quality sensors and beacons and, and right it's at that point it's it's actually not that much to do it and this to me this is the edge happens outside the U.S. Mm-hmm. This is a great example of right people being willing to find the economical solutions and say all right no we're not you know our country can't afford ten million dollar trucks. That's we're right. going to afford, you know, you know, $200,000 trucks and we're going to put sensors and beacons and, you know, uh, compute handoffs all along and I guess deal with the liability, right? They don't have the liability that U.S. does if there's an accident, especially in a company, country like China. Yeah, it's going to it's um, and again, this is why your your talk really good. Let's let's pick one more of your. Eight things to cover. Um, <laughs> this is a good teaser. It's an yeah, and, and again, I mean, if you listen, if you took the half hour to listen to this podcast, go spend sixteen minutes and watch the video. Um, it, <laughs> and then it, rant at us and, and it, tell us how wrong. Oh yeah. Is. So pick a third item that you thought was really. Uh, I I guess we could say the open source one, but that's the one I was I was going to go. Um, but we talk we talk about open source a lot. Do, but that, maybe Kubernetes that might be too deep. Let's do the Kubernetes one because I, I get the open source one, but the Kubernetes one is interesting to me that Kubernetes will not be the edge platform because it seems uh, that everyone is trying to take Kubernetes and extend it because there isn't anything else. I, I'll put quotes around that. And so they're trying to leverage that tool, but most people don't even know how to use Kubernetes yet. It's still early. And I don't know if it was made for that or even the people who built it thought about that. Um, thought maybe talk a little bit more about that one that that one is also interesting and and this comes with like everything else an invitation um find me at kubecon um don't hit me please but but <laughs> let's talk about this um so because you know kubernetes is is heavy it takes management um you know it's not it's not set up for physical to be the base layer for physical, it, you know, there's you, there's a lot of missing networking controls. There's a lot of missing storage controls, um, and in an edge environment where you you don't have you know a lot of uh, let me let me back up actually a second, yeah, because our CTO Greg Altaus and I were talking about this this exact thing this morning, 
um, in relation to VMware. Because VMware is, we have the same conversation. I could have put VMware is not the edge platform. Um, although I think edge, VMware might be the edge they, platform. Well, I was at their I'm conference. Gonna, I was impressed. Yeah, there, there, there are some interesting pieces going yeah. on. But VMware really, really controls the hardware that that software is installed on. It's one of the things that OpenStack never did and was a problem. Right? They have a, hard, a hardware control layer. They are very, very selective. Um, and specific about what they do, and, and all the hyperconverged infrastructures people are. It, 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 you know, it's sort of if, if you're a vendor and you touch hardware, you, you typically end up being, except for crazy people like us, mm -hmm. you typically <laughs> are super prescriptive. Um, and there's a reason for it. It's because that's how you you scale and manage, and that's where the control pieces are. But Edge is all about the physical infrastructure. Um, I know we're gonna put the apps in containers and deliver them, but you're going to care about GPUs. You're going to care about, you know, potentially like smart NICs. You're going to care about IOT devices and your network to them. You're going to care about security and encryption. Um, and are you in a trusted environment? All those are physical infrastructure pieces. And the system has to be sort of built in a way to understand that. And that's just the physical layer. That's not even talking about latency and location and things like that. Because when you're talking about I'm running a container in an edge location, unless it's like cap, like, you know, a captive, I'm in a restaurant, um, you know, limited to that one thing. And I know everybody just filled in the that dot dot to the Chick-fil-A example. We have to do a whole podcast on the Chick-fil-A example. I'm tired. There of was it. a stabbing. Um, Someone got killed this week at Chick-fil-A, not Chick-fil-A. Not because the, of the Kubernetes. The, I'm sorry, the Popeye chicken. Uh, the Popeye stuff. You yes. made me remember the Popeye. Sorry, I went to a whole separate thing. <laughs> totally tangent. That's funny. But, but yeah, someone died trying to get one of those Popeye chickens. Okay. I'm sorry, I went the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Um, and and hopefully that the, my Kubernetes comments don't don't translate into uh, any that type of aggression towards uh, towards me on this. Um, the, that would violate the code of conduct of the CNCF. So don't don't do it. Um, the, uh, the, um, and very seriously, the, the idea here is if you're building an edge infrastructure and you expect the workloads to be sensitive about where they are and get, you know, reduced latency. And we've taught, we've had some great shows about people who are like, oh yeah, we're building containerized infrastructures where the containers are moved based on latency projections dynamically. And so that and, and we're like, well, what about the storage for that? And then we have to talk to another person to be like, oh, well, we have a storage solution that reallocates the storage based on you know workloads being moved around and things like that. And so, ah, uh, to make all this stuff work, we're going to have to build a platform that is aware that a container needs to be moved from one place to another. We have to be able to say, oh, I'm, I'm out of resources, tear this container down, or I'm, you know, anticipate where the container needs to be spun up. And it's a whole level of, of container management logic that's not in Kubernetes. Um, I'm sure there's people who can add it to Kubernetes and there'll be interesting things. And I think Kubernetes APIs are probably the, the, the standard at this point. Um, but like Rancher has this cool K3S project where they they forked Kubernetes, they stripped out all this extra stuff like etcd, right? Um, and and it's you know very lightweight Kubernetes, uh, and so that's 
you know, those things I think are going to start showing up from an edge infrastructure, but that's still limited to the Kubernetes APIs, which don't have all this awareness of resource restrictions and which NIC to use and, and, and how to take advantage of resources that are in the environment, deal with heterogeneity in the, in, in an infrastructure. Um, so it's, it's going to take some time. I'd love to see the community figure this out and get better at it. Um, we're certainly, you know, rooting for it from that perspective, but, um, out of the gate, it's, there's a gap that's going to have to be worked out. All right. So we're right at 30 minutes, Rob, and you know, me keeping things at 30 minutes works out really nice <laughs> and hopefully our listeners like them. But of course, if you're a listener who likes the hour ones or don't want me to ever stop Rob and go an hour and a half, <laughs> just tell me. <laughs> Tough luck. No, you're out of luck. We're, we're, we like the 30 minute format. I like the 30, but we are happy to always do that. But Rob, I, I think this is uh, great. And uh, your talk was, your, I mean, the talk was great. I really like how you did the uh, recap of it. And uh, hopefully everyone goes over to take a look. Are you speaking at the KubeCon? I mean, that's, is that next month, I no, think? No, I'm hallway. I am a hallway track. I'll be at reInvent also. Um, I don't just hallway tracking at reInvent too. So I am, I am around and available. So please, if you want the, the hour long version, just, you know, <laughs> comes, it comes at a small, you have, you have to pay a bar tab and that's about it. The so. private hour long version where you could just rant in the bar. <laughs> well, Rob, I, I appreciate it. this is uh, this is really good. I'm glad we went into a couple of the items. Obviously, we can do all of them, but um, good talk. And uh, yeah, I'm disappointed you get down to Austin to eat. I mean, last year when I went to the event with you, all I did is eat. But um, you know, they've they've cut me back. I won't even be at reInvent or KubeCon, so um, I'm ending my year without traveling. And uh, which I am, I, I guess said for that. I'm just not. I guess I'm not going to complain. So um, if I if I complain, then suddenly they'll send me some crazy trip I don't want to do. All right, yeah. <laughs> going directly from Thanksgiving to reinvent was not my idea of a of a fun plan. I had a couple of days that I was planning to take off, and so yeah, and then um, it's just Vegas. Not I, so enthused. Not my yeah. favorite. Well, again, thank you, and uh, to our listeners, uh, we hope you enjoyed this. And if you have thoughts, commentary, anything, you know, reach us social media, contact Rob or myself. Uh, but please, no uh, throwing shoes at Rob in the hallways at uh, KubeCon. <laughs> That is the uh, only rule. Thanks again, Rob.